Now, wait a second. My pretty teenage daughter, with the brain of a fruit fly, earned a thousand dollars in three nights. Should I be worried? Let's rock. Thanks, Dad. Can I get a woman? No Man presents, live from the nudie bar, the Married with Children podcast. And here are your hosts, Dan, Jamie, and Al. Time to rack them up, guys. It's Wednesday, and we are here. My name is Al. I was going to go to the pool hall myself tonight, but, uh... Yo, I'm broke. (laughs) Hey, I'm Jamie, and this is the story of my life. A dollar short and a week late. (laughs) Wow, you're a week late? Who were you sitting next to last week? (laughs) Dan couldn't make it today, guys. He got caught up giving blood. He actually accidentally gave 10 pints. Uh, They actually stomped on him. They were jumping up and down on him for that last one. Uh, So he's a little lightheaded. He couldn't make it to the show, but he's going to keep his brain wet and see if he could submit something as, you know, his overall ratings for the show at the end of this one. We are reviewing Cheese, Cues, and Blood. Al discovers that Kelly's making money the old-fashioned way, hustling pool players. Season 6, Episode 4, Director Jerry Cohen, Writer Brian Scully, and Alan Davis. Special guest stars, James Paradise as Slick Stick Jackson, David Dario as Doug, Burt Cook as James, B.T. Taylor as Adam. I assume those are the three guys talking like, uh, hey... Do you want a piece of the action, you know? Or I'm just, yeah, that's what I yeah. assume. Lighting each other's cigarettes. Tommy Pena is Tony. Christian Guzik as Kid, selling car radio. So Al's watching a game show. All right, contestants, we polled 100 derelicts and asked them, if the government actually made you work, what job would you least like to have? Shoe salesman? Number one answer! <laughs> And I might add, the answer given by all 100 people. Yeah, certainly game show hosts must have got one vote. Now, could you imagine a shoe salesman being the absolute worst job you ever want to do? No, and what I think, I think it's funny that they constantly make that joke. But, you know, what's funny is that shoe salesman is a job that I don't ever even think of. But they really know... How to deliver it on this show to make it sound terrible. And I always slightly felt bad or wondered what shoe salesmen who watched this were thinking. And, like, you imagine, like, sitting there and you're a shoe salesman at, like, Kenny's Shoes at the time. And, like, every time they do this, like, you look around the room and everyone's looking at you. Dad, you got a minute? For you, bud? Nah. (laughs) Not bud. How many times do I have to tell you? When the hat is on, I'm street rapper Grandmaster B. When it's off, I'm Bud. Got it? Now, the hat is on. 
Who am I? Mommy's second little joke on me. The grandmaster is not amused. Now listen, Dad. I need twenty bucks for a pizza, but I need you to leave it on the coffee table so I can pretend to steal it in front of the girl. Because <laughs> after all, I am an outlaw. <laughs> like he has no shame at all around his family with the idea that this is a complete f- fraudulent nope i guess they know the deal they know he can't he can't get chicks the normal way so probably the greatest moment of the episode happens <laughs> now listen dad i need 20 bucks for a pizza but i need you to leave it on the coffee table so i can pretend to steal it in front of the girl because after all I am an outlaw but I'm sorry grasshopper that's grandmaster you fool gas passer bass hafter what's the difference alright look it looks like I'm going to have to communicate with you in the language of the street Yo, I'm broke. And then he crosses his <laughs> arms over his chest. Yeah, that was great. That's like the greatest moment ever. It's so cool when Al does things like that. Uh, put your little head on sideways and boo-boo away. The Grandmaster will not forget this. <laughs> One day these kids are going to learn the value of a dollar. Daddy, can I have a thousand dollars? Well, sure, pumpkin. Get it from Bud. I just gave him a million. Yep, that's the story of my life. A dollar short and a week late. Oh, please, Daddy. It's for something really important. I need a gown. Now, as you know, I am a model. And for the past few months, I've been proudly reigning as Miss Weenie Tot. (laughs) But I've decided that it's time to move up. So I am going for the coveted title of Miss Cheese. How proud can a father be? So Kelly's been Miss Weenie Tot this whole time. Yeah, and it's funny because, I mean, I know it hasn't really been that long since we covered it. Because we go through them faster than we don't take the, you know, the summer hiatus between seasons. I hadn't even thought about that. It, she brings it up. But I like that. I like the continuity. Yeah. Well, she's been it since March of 91. And she said, didn't she say four months? It's been seven. <laughs> As you know, I am a model. <laughs> I am a model. Yeah, she brought. Didn't she bring that up this time? Yeah. Yes. That's great. I love that kind of callback. As you know, I am a model. What's for what I think is funny is she was naming all the cheeses then. Like you know, I can throw it in the face of Miss Swiss and Miss Gouda and all those other mm-hmm. cheese. Like, but then later on, when she tells Al she needs to name six kinds of cheese, she's like, "Dirt." Draws a complete <laughs> blank. Amazing. I'm like, you just did it. <laughs> Just think of the people you're going against. And that haughty, Miss Individually Wrapped American who thinks her cheese doesn't stink. (laughs) Oh, 
please, Daddy, it's only a thousand dollars. Well, Pumpkin, why can't you wear one of your gowns from Miss Weenie Tot? Because they all smell like pork in old men's hands. <laughs> Should they smell like old men's hooks? <laughs> Would that kind of be cooler if she said that and then she said, um, or not that, but she said they have all rips and tears in them and then somehow like alluded to the hooks on the guy's hands in the Weenie Top factory? <laughs> That would have been a great callback, but they probably would have been concerned that people wouldn't get it because it had been so. Seven months ago. If any one of them had even thought of that. Oh, yeah. You know, but that actually would have been funnier to people who were consistently watching the show. I know Aaron Duncan would have appreciated it. That's right. (laughs) He was there for that review. Mom, Dad won't give me $1,000 for a gown. Al, is this true? Well, I'm sorry, Peg. I saw some underwear I had to have. It's not true, Mom. He just gave Bud a million. Be gone, cement booties. Fine. And I shall get it on my own. And I shall be cheese queen. This I vow. Honey, I I agree with you about not giving the kids money. I just didn't want to say anything. There's no sense in them hating both of us. <laughs> anyway, I need money. I have to go to the doctor. For what? I'm pregnant, you zagnut. <laughs> and I want you to come with me. Why? I never came with you before. That timing would have to be impeccable. <laughs> but all you're feeling is yourself anyway. It ain't like it means anything. It doesn't change anything. It's just funny that you're both yelling out like a bunch of weirdos. that's all it means Uh. I don't want to be the only woman there alone people stare at me and I wonder what they're thinking if you're with me at least I know what they're thinking (laughs) why didn't that poor woman come alone hey you can sweet talk me all you want but I'm not sitting among a bunch of fetus condos and overalls. All right, Al, then I'll just have to think of someone other than you to be the father of my baby. Why didn't you think of that five months ago? That was fantastic. That whole scene was just shots being fired left and right, and I thought the the writing there was very tight and very funny. It almost always is, right? Isn't it, isn't it kind of amazing now that we're looking at this? It's so weird to have watched this our whole life, just taking it for what it is. And now we're like, it's weird. It's like this show has made us appreciate it rather than just. Well, yeah. You know, when you talk about something as much as we do, then you're going to notice the little things. Yeah. It's been such a good time. Worried that if the baby showed any signs of promise, you'd get suspicious. Now, come on, help me think. Who can I get to play the part of the father of my baby? Mom, I'm glad you're here. Who am I? My husband. So she picks Grandmaster B. Which is weird, a little bit weird, but Mm -hmm. I guess he's old enough to wear, I don't know, it just seems weird, but... Well, you throw a mustache on him, they... Okay, what would you say, I know we're jumping ahead, so we we really won't go too far with this, but... Plus, he's so much shorter than she is. (laughs) I know. 
Well, Christine just met him on our Facebook, Christine PA that we talked about before, huge contributor of the sh- to the show. She goes on like with the Wikipedia page and links all the shows we did to the to the shows they're talking about in each wiki. Can you imagine that? Well, I mean, she I know she contributes a lot. I just can't believe that she's generous enough to take the time to do that for us. We really appreciate it. It's been uh Oh, for sure. We have some really incredible people. Yep. Stay tuned for our after-school special, I Drink Because My Dad's a Shoe Salesman. Good one. And I like how he looks up to God and says, good one. <laughs> Did you ever watch the after-school specials? No. Never. Never. Uh... Boy, I did. I, I loved those. I actually have, I still watch them now. What were they, lessons in life only, pretty much? Yeah, I mean, you'd have, um, like, there were some really famous ones where um, most of them would have to do with alcoholism, drug abuse, things like that. Oh, gee, maybe I should have watched it. I'll look them up now. You can find them on YouTube. I look them up now and watch them now just because I I have this, like, really soft spot for 70s and 80s TV movies. And yeah. Um, after school, spe- and especially like cheesy stuff and after school specials were so cheesy. Well, you watched mother may I sleep with danger. I mean, I know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's, uh, did you see I drank cause my father's a shoe salesman? <laughs> no, I missed that one. I'm going to oh. have to see if I can find it because, uh, well, you had a life in 91. That's why the thing. Oh, that's right. The thing I love about <laughs> those is that they're so Okay, do you remember that say I know you do because everyone even if you didn't watch the show, you know this episode, the Saved by the Bell episode where Jesse was Oh yeah. Yeah. Um You don't have to finish the sentence. Okay, we'll we'll do it for everybody else though. Uh the episode where Jesse was hooked on caffeine pills. Yes. And she's all I'm, you know, I'm so excited, I'm so excited, I'm so so <laughs> scared. Um everyone knows that. That's kind of like the after school specials were kind of on par with that. And I love that stuff. Like it cracks me up. What about the Johnny Dakota episode where he was smoking a roach? <laughs> and then he then he went to do a commercial about how kids shouldn't do drugs the next day. <laughs> they released a Zach Morris's trash on that just recently. Oh, that's funny. Did you see... Oh, there was an an episode years ago of Full House where DJ was on a diet mm. and like she the whole family went to the gym. She was on a diet like she's so she wasn't eating and she was working out and like she passed out at the gym. <laughs> like, oh. no, I just loved it when TV shows tried to get all serious because to me it was it was always funny. Like it. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, if just like, are you serious right now? It was all the very special episodes. It was so... A very special episode of Full House. <laughs> Honey, you know, I'm really sorry I couldn't buy you that $1,000 gown, but as you know, I'm... Failure, Daddy? <laughs> I know. That was sweet. I right, here we have another classic episode which is basically Alan Kelly because Peg and Bud are out of the picture. Oh yeah, very early on, and we never see them again. 
And so we get basically another Alan Kelly episode, which I love. You know, I love those episodes. Yeah. We didn't get one in a while. What's funny to me is we don't ever get any, like, Peg Bud episodes. Well, we did the one Dan hates where Peg was emasculating him and feeding him oh, mashed nanas. Oh, that's right. Yeah, mashed nanas. <laughs> yeah, that's when Kelly ran away. So that was all we really got, really. But I know what you mean. It's still not the same. I still felt like that was mainly a Kelly episode because the whole point was that she had... And it was a Kelly and Al episode because he went to the place and knocked the guy out yeah, of the couch. Yeah, yeah. that was nice of Al to acknowledge the fact that he fell short. But that's not really something that he needs to be expected to do anyway. I mean, that's above and beyond. Right. I mean, not that Kelly hasn't asked before. She has. Somehow, somehow they keep expecting it. But you're right. He shouldn't be t- truly expected. And I love how uh, Peg earlier says, like, I agree with you not giving the kids money, but why should they hate both of us? <laughs> That's the thing. You do have to have good cop, bad cop as parents. Like, the kids shouldn't hate both of you. You should definitely pick the the one like, oh, you, wait till your dad gets home, you know, or be the crazy mom. You have to choose one or the other, I think. It's so sad, though, for that parent to always be the bad guy. Well, here's the thing. If you're the bad parent, it also could be a good thing because – Every time you're in a good mood and embracing the kid and hugging him and playing and smiling, the kid's like, oh, good. Wow. That's true. It feels special. Yeah, it's like, wow, good. Look, uh, this one's not mad at me or whatever. We're having a good time. And then when they flip because uh, they have to play bad cop, it's like, oh, God, I messed up and I ruined. I, I, I had a good moment for a while and I blew it. And then, then there's something to get back to again, you know. There's a goal. The young guns won't really understand that because nobody gets disciplined anymore. <laughs> no. no. They take away their iPad. Maybe. Nobody plays bad parent anymore, so. Now you tell a kid to go to his room, it's like going to fantasy land or Neverland Ranch. Oh, I hope not. <laughs> Sorry, that was a very bad joke. <laughs> And by the way, I just want to point out, I already pointed out how ludicrous it was at Michael Jackson. I said it on a show already. You remember when I said, what if I went up and down the neighborhood, knocking on the doors, telling everyone that their 8 to 12-year-olds are going to have a slumber party in my bedroom? And is that okay to do? Oh, no, because I can't moonwalk or sing, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't I already point this out? And I said, how stupid and how dumb. Bye, Mr. and Mrs. Stupid. Bye, Mr. and Mrs. Stupid. Okay, uh, Tommy, let's go. I already said that it's obvious what he's doing. So the fact that these Neverland Ranch documentaries came out, please, guys, don't act surprised. Listen, I'm a fan of five of his songs. I'm not going to let this slide. (laughs) (laughs) This gets serious. The guy was weird. And now it's all coming out. So Kelly got a night job where she earned $1,000 and bought the dress herself. Should I be worried? (laughs) <laughs> uh yes <laughs> especially in three days which i swear i thought it was the same day i thought she was wearing the same outfit you know i'm so mad i didn't focus on that i mean she might not have been but i but when she um came in i i i thought it was the same outfit and i thought it was supposed to be the same day the whole thing's bizarre the timing of it like yeah because Peg needs a, a guy to be the dad. All of a sudden, Bud's the dad afterwards because Bud comes down afterwards. 
when Al is told this news about Kelly. So what did that mean? Does that mean that like and then also what does it mean in terms of when did Kelly start playing pool? When did she get this idea and why didn't she do it before if she was this good? Like if she's knocking off all the best people and people are putting up their kids college fund up on the line for this and then Kelly must be really amazing and it's like if she got to that point this never occurred to her before. It can't be that she just said, well, let me try pool and ended up being amazing the same way she was in Vegas at picking the roulette wheel. Like, is that what we're supposed to get out of that? I mean, otherwise, we're to, and she said it was her idea. So she must have known either that or it was desperation and she went and tried it and realized, oh, I'm great. But why didn't she just dance for sailors? They're great tippers. Yeah, the best tippers. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I. It's one of those things you can't look into. It's like it's like that TV sitcom law, you know? Yeah, I mean, you just sort of take it and go with it. Yeah, because you're watching essentially, well, a comedy TV sitcom. <laughs> so you can't go too far with this. So Bud dresses up like Abbott and Costello. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, uh, Al, and it's funny because normally when they make a knock at his name, it's just random. But this time Al does an accurate grandfather B. It actually fits here with the way he looks and everything. Yeah. He was called Grandma Bee in that first episode. This episode you got Grasshopper, Gas Passer, Bass Satcher, Grandfather Bee, and that's it. You know what's funny is the Grasshopper reference, that would have worked regardless. Even if he wasn't Grandmaster Bee, him just calling him Grasshopper is a reference on its own. For anyone not familiar out there, it's a reference to the TV show Kung Fu that had David Carradine. Um, right. Hey, guys, don't don't look up how he died. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is everybody a creep once we... Uh, am I a creep if you scratch beneath the surface? Guys, don't look too far into me. I was going to say, you probably don't have to scratch too far for any of us. I know. I think I exposed most of this, right, on the shows. <laughs> of all the ones that people keep calling him, that's the one that Bud jumps on. <laughs> he's just—he's like, it's Grandmaster B. Yeah, I love the one he chooses to correct you on in each episode. And I like how he says it as if they don't know. Like, Bud is correcting people. I mean, the only one I could see him correcting that they didn't know was that dumb blonde in the last episode with the weird delivery. Yes, yes. Like, besides her... And I love how he corrected her. He did it in such a polite way. He's like, it's Grandmaster. But uh, yeah, babe. <laughs> you know? But what, why are you correcting your family? They're t- clearly ripping on you. It ain't like Al or Peg or Kelly's going to go, oh, duh, I, th- I thought it really was Gas Passer. <laughs> you know? Like, why are you correcting them? <laughs> gas Passer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Ready to go to the doctor. Come on, bud. Show daddy how nice you look. I know that face. Why, it's Grandfather B. It's funny, but I always thought wingtips and a fedora would make me look cool. Imagine my surprise. (laughs) 
Hey, where'd you get the fake greasy mustache? I shaved your back. <laughs> and yes, at this moment, it was bizarre to see how much shorter Bud is than Peg. And they're going to go out as husband and wife. Al's not going to let her do this to the boy. Come on, let's go, sweetheart. Dad, please don't make me do this. Peg, I will not let you do this to the boy. Mind your own business, Al. So long, son. Yeah, I like that. Sometimes, like, Bud begs to ask. Just like the episode we already talked about. When Kelly left home, one down, two to go. When Bud's being emasculated, he goes, Dad, you have to stop her or whatever. And he goes, Peg, I will not let you emasculate our son. And then she says something and he goes, you're on your own, boy. <laughs> so he did the same thing there. And I like that. He he always puts his foot down. He gets up off the couch. He stands up like he's really putting his foot down. And then once Peg says something, he just totally says, OK, you're on your own. I'll go to bat for you, but he's going to hit a <laughs> he's going to bunt it right into the the pitcher's mitt like you know he's not even trying well he pretends to put forth an effort (laughs) so it was really interesting the moment when um peg and bud leave marcy enters the house through the back screen door and there's a couple things to talk about here but the first one is she said hi al and the audience did the thing where they cheer when she comes in for the first time to the show. Hi, Al. And I couldn't tell. Was Al not hearing her in the script? Or do you think he couldn't hear over the applause when she said, hi, Al? So she said, hi, Al, twice. You know what? I, that's a good question. I assumed at the time that he just couldn't hear her in the script. For whatever reason, I mean, it didn't it didn't necessarily make any sense, but I mean, maybe that's a good point. Maybe he just organically didn't hear her. Isn't that funny? Like Ed O'Neill didn't hear her come in. And he didn't. He didn't hear Eddie. He didn't hear her go hi Al over everybody cheering. I snuck in. Well, because if anyone saw me coming in here in broad daylight, I'd just die. <laughs> now, what I think is interesting is when she. She says, because it's bizarre that she comes in the back door. Right. And she's never done it before. And. In five years, <laughs> let's point out. So it just, it doesn't. So I'm kind of curious as to why out of nowhere they decide to do this. Because then she says, you know, because if anybody saw me come here in the broad daylight, well, I would just die. Well, she's over there all the time. Right. She's the only one who does go there in the. At any time. Yeah, so that doesn't really make a lot of sense. So I wonder, does it just seems like a weird joke. Like, I was thinking, was there some significance to her not bumping into Peg and Bud? Well, and I thought of that, but I don't know what that would be. They probably didn't want, you know, there are, a, there is a minute, con, they have to be conscientious of the minutes here. You know, every episode's 22 minutes. So they're probably thinking like, well... We need these two to exit, but we really have no time for Marcy to to come in and say anything else or bump into them and do anything else. So let's just have her come in a different door so there's zero interaction and get right to the point and get right to the next scene because we have a lot to shoot in the pool hall. But 
how much effort or time would it have taken for Peg and Bud to leave and then Marcy come in and go, hi, Peg. Hi, Mr. Wanker. You know, thinking that's her grandfather. And then, like, they close the door and she makes that confused look and then sits down next to Al. Actually, that would be very funny. Right. Like, how, yeah, how long would it have taken? Like, I don't know. I, I see what you're saying. Like, what's the point of acting like you suddenly are embarrassed to show up in front of Yeah. I was trying to justify it. I just can't. I don't know. And so here we have another Al Marcy moment, sort of. Yeah, where Marcy takes punishment and you wonder why she sit there and sits there and takes his abuse. Anyway, I need some advice. Well, throw a wig on it till it grows to a woman's length. <laughs> well, can I just grow one really long hair and wrap it around my entire head like you? <laughs> oh, yeah, grow it to... Yeah, like when she said I need advice, he just assumes the advice. <laughs> grow it out to a woman's length. It's funny, in all the jokes about Marcy's hair, she never let her hair grow long. She has no shame in her game at all. She's, and I gotta say, although women with short hair, it seems like something you do when you get older. Younger women who have short hair, they usually seem to know that that looks best on them. It is a thing that there is a certain age where people believe, or at least used to believe more. There was basically a rule, kind of, that when you reach a certain age, you can no longer wear long hair because it, it like makes you look older is what hmm. the thing is. But now it has become less of a rule. I mean, people, some people still do it, but it has become less of a rule that you are pretty much, you have to cut your hair. More women, more older women are wearing their hair longer. Hmm. Um, and of course, a lot of young women keep their hair short now. Brian, however, really likes long hair, so I... You think you'll be keeping your locks? I will keep it as long as it looks good. As long as it looks good. Right. When you have to start dyeing it, because that's the thing. When Once you go gray, the, the problem there, and I've seen this all the time at my job and stuff, because I used to work in an office, and these women would dye their hair, but the thing is, they uh, had a, a schedule of dyeing it, I guess, but you would always see like an inch of gray hair in the part of their hair. And it's always disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So it's like, you see that, it's like, ooh. And then you're like, well, I'll just gloss over this because they're human and whatever. I don't judge. So, and you, and you know what they're doing. They're older women. You're not going to be a jerk. So, you know, I don't say anything or anything like that. And I just, I'm just like, okay. I, I'm sure they, they know this is sitting there on their head. They have to have seen this. I see every single gray strand of hair in my head. So they have to know an inch of their part is gray, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you have to. You just don't care. And it's weird because I, if I was a woman, I'd probably, like, always just dye that one place where I part my hair almost on a bi-weekly basis or something to keep that from showing and then do the rest later, you know? Uh, but I know you can't really compartmentalize dye, so it's kind of tough to do, I think. Well, you can. Now they have touch-ups, uh, like touch-up kits that you can do just just the roots. Hmm. <clears throat> but Well, I would do that then, yeah. <laughs> Some people just aren't into maintenance. Do you remember during the 90s when, um, because of Melrose Place, Heather Locklear made it really popular to have blonde hair with dark roots? Right. 
that was only because she was lazy and <laughs> didn't go to the salon to get her roots touched up. And so, and she openly admitted this, that she didn't mean to start a trend. It was just out of sheer laziness. <laughs> wow, Tiffany's sister does that all the time. <laughs> That's weird. My wife's sister has been doing that for a decade that I've known. It became cool and acceptable, and it's only... It became a look based on laziness? Yeah. I mean, she, it became really, po- like, as her dye job was as popular as, like, the Rachel haircut from Friends. Like, everyone was doing the, the dark roots, blonde hair thing for a while. And it was just because she accidentally started a trend because she didn't go to the salon, <laughs> which I think is hilarious. So before that, people were so anal about it that any time an inch of brown showed up they got rid of it well yeah because i mean the, the illusion was supposed to be that you were a truly a, blonde. a truly a blonde you know so it kind of blows the illusion if your roots are showing it's time for no man to take a little break in the jiggly room i'm the dj and i'm gonna play a little bit of music that was on this week's episode of Mary with children Jefferson's been staying out really late the last few nights and coming home smelling like cigarettes and exotic beers. Well, where is he, Al? Where does he go? Well, probably if he's coming home to you, a bar with really ugly women. (laughs) Well, I know he has a wandering eye. I've seen him watching the Madonna videos, and I can tell he just wants to put on a pointy bra in vogue. Turns out Jefferson digs Madonna... Remember the whole Vogue days? Oh, yes. That's when she tried to become, like, an edgier performer. It was no longer with, like, uh, all these nice pop songs that she had in the 80s. You know, Madonna looks down on those songs. Yeah. I know that she doesn't uh, perform like a virgin if she can help it. Yeah. Vogue was 1990. But she had all these songs before that, like... Live to Tell, Crazy for You, Papa Don't Preach, Like a Virgin, Express Yourself was like when she really started to like move on. Madonna literally looks down on that period of her life. Yeah, I think she sees them as, you know, vapid pop songs that don't really right mean anything. And the Vogue days were, that was when she became um, a gay icon. Right, exactly. Like Cher and Lady Gaga, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Cherish, remember that song, Cherish? Oh, sure. Yeah, I was a huge Madonna fan. Yeah, by the time Cherish, that was like 89, so that was when she was really like, that was about the last time you heard the nice, friendly Madonna before she became like this uh, edgy performer. What was her last big hit? Like, She had, uh, I think it was work bitch or something like that i forget the actual title of the song a few years ago 
Oh, wait, Bitch, I'm Madonna, you mean? Yes, that's what I meant to say, yeah. Oh, 2015. So that's so you're saying she did something as recent as 2015 that was a huge hit? Yeah, I mean, it had a big video, and um, it was, yeah, it was out there. Wow. But I can't understand why he has to leave for a good time just because I'm pregnant. I mean, there are a lot of men who still find me quite attractive. <laughs> well, they do. Especially now that I have the big bazoons. <laughs> yeah, I only pray one of those monsters doesn't fall on the baby. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> listen, Marcy, since you're a single mother now, you probably have a lot of time on your hands. So the table, why don't you help me? Now, listen, how could a pretty teenage, not so bright girl earn a thousand dollars in three nights? Oh God! And the best line here is Al saying, "Well, now that you're a single mom, you have a lot of free time, right?" <laughs> Like, number one, how insensitive. Number two, why would that mean I have free time? That means I have to do everything by myself, you idiot. (laughs) Yeah, that is the opposite of free time. Right, now I have zero time because I don't have a husband to help me. How could you tell me I have free time now? Well, let's see. Either as an opening act for MC Hammer or perhaps by spanking elderly gentlemen in a tight black leather outfit. Which is an odd place to go. <laughs> yeah. But then here comes Kelly downstairs wearing a tight a tight black leather dress. Leather, right. Which is amazing. Um she comes down wearing that, leaves, Al lets her go cuz you know, I guess he's just it's suspicious but there's no proof. Uh, Al takes a phone message, <laughs> which is probably the greatest phone message on earth. Hello. Nope, Kelly's out. Yeah, take a message. You have the money, and you can't wait to see if she's as good as the guy say she is. Uh-huh. And, uh, You'll meet her where? Uh huh. Well, perhaps I'll see you there. I mean, that's the kind of message you want to take about your daughter. Oh, of course. I can't wait to the day I get the phone call that people tell me that they have the money and they want to see if she's as good as she says she is. <laughs> I'll, I'll be like, oh, okay. Well, I'll be right there. Don't do anything hasty, Al. I'm calm. I'm calm. Sure, there's a rational explanation behind this, and I'll get to the bottom of it calmly and rationally. So Al rips the door off the hinges. <laughs> now, now tell me the truth. Didn't you think he was going to go in the closet and grab the baseball bat? Yes, I fully expected him to do that. Okay, because I thought I was the only one. I'm like, listen, there's no way we're not all thinking that. And that's another tie into the Vegas Roulette Wheel episode, and I will give another one after that. This is very, this mirrors that. That whole segment of Kelly picking the right numbers, this episode mirrors that. We already gave two examples. Do you believe what that girl can do with her hands? You're going to try next. Not me. I'm happy just watching. 
<laughs> Turns out Kelly is just hustling people at pool. So let's talk about this bar. I love it. I love this place. I thought it was a cool set. I mean, they, I noticed they went for detail, you know. There was a, like, the no gambling stenciled on the one of the posts. You know, they had the neon pool sign. But it was, it looked authentic. Was it not? What do you think? I don't know. Do they go to places to shoot this stuff, or what do you think? I mean, I don't know. I don't, if they did build a set, then they spent a, they spent a lot of time on it. That place was legit. Like, I could see probably that last episode, um... No, the second episode, if uh, if I had a – she had my baby or whatever it is where they were in the, the bus terminal, mm-hmm. that place I could sort of see being just a set, but this seemed a little more authentic. Nice game, chump. Well, I guess my daughter didn't really need braces. <laughs> All right, who's the next victim? Well – Looks like no takers, Kelly. Might as well take a break till your next match gets here. Hey, thanks for backing me for only 80% of the profit, Mr. Darcy. Hey, if I as an adult can't help out our young people, then am I not a part of the problem? He's so generous. He really is. I mean, giving her the 20% of everything she earns. I think it's funny that that it's, it's never brought up, but that, of course, explains where he's been. You know, when Marcy, when Marcy wants to know where he's been, I mean, that explains it, but it's never mentioned. You know, you never see Marcy again. Al never brings it up. It just is. And I like that. Right. What do you think of the idea that you don't see Peg or Bud again? Because didn't that seem to sort of go nowhere in a weird way? Like, just think, the entire punch of the joke or the setup is that Bud walks down the stairs looking the way he did with a mustache. And the only, like, on top of that joke is that the mustache is Al's back hair. And I love how Bud grabs his mustache when he hears that. He's like, oh, my God, that's on my face. <laughs> but that doesn't go anywhere. No. The whole the whole gag is that Bud was chosen, and then she dressed him up in a, a an outfit that, I don't know why that would imply that's your husband or an older man like who dresses like that and the other thing about dressing up i noticed this whole thing that comes around is that's why because i thought it was odd that al did you think it was weird that al's wearing a short sleeve button down shirt oh you know i honestly didn't even notice yeah i did because it it was weird to see his biceps and stuff because you don't normally see that with al so it was it was very odd that it was a dress shirt, but it was short sleeve. He never wears that, and it did it did stick out to me. And then it all comes to fruition when you get your joke later, and you have to provide that visual of what he did to get the money. You know, it's funny how like you could see just like when I said the other episode, his hair looked fuller, and it was to rip it out. Right now he's wearing that shirt, and it's to do that. Yeah, you know what's funny about the the fact that you don't ever see. I mean, you're right. You're absolutely right. Like that was that one joke and then they're out the door. You never see them again. And it this whole episode. It's it's so weird to me 
I think right up until the very end, it's it's perfectly normal. But I feel like it ends so abruptly, right? And just and nothing goes anywhere. <laughs> it's like it just stops. And so yeah, then you have all of these things like you know, Marcy's one little visit that really comes to nothing. Them going to the doctor, which really comes to nothing. You know, her whole build up about the beauty contest that. We don't even get to see her in the gown that she bought. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's there's there are a lot of things that just don't go anywhere. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. It's bizarre. That's weird. It's weird that it's seemingly a bunch of things you have to do just to lead somewhere. Yet you spend so much of your time doing them. And then you end up going nowhere anyway. In the end, it kind of means nothing because nothing happens. Yeah, I don't know, but uh, let's let's travel. So Jefferson looks kind of cool uh, in that black suit and the hat and the ponytail. What do you think? Yeah, he looks super fly. <laughs> <laughs> I like how a guy later on calls him Action Jackson. That's uh, reference to Carl Weathers was Action Jackson. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, the chick we talked about a few episodes ago, Sharon Stone was in that movie. And that had to be way before she was even remotely anything. Yeah, I think Action Jackson was, what, late 80s? And she really became a big thing with Basic Instinct, obviously, which was 92. So... I just saw recently that her scene, her crotch scene in Basic Instinct, you know, the leg crossing scene, is one of the most paused moments in movie history. Wow, nice. I think it actually is the number one most paused moment in movie history. I believe that. Now, here's the thing. On the cover of Basic Instinct 2, 2006... She is the. It's so funny how they capitalize on that. The cover of the movie is her sitting there with her legs crossed. Oh yeah. Uh, so I wonder if she does it again. Did you see part two? I did not. <laughs> I'll bet there's no one dumb enough to get suckered in by her now. I don't know. That guy who just walked in looks awful stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Al comes in looking for his pumpkin. Apparently, he's stupid looking. Hey, you guys. Have you seen a cute little blonde-haired girl? Yeah. She just finished off some guy. If you want a piece of her action, go see her manager. (laughs) That guy over there. Oh, hi, Al. Man, you should see your daughter hustling. Say goodnight, Superfly. Hi, Daddy. It's new. Stand back, pumpkin. He's just about to pop, and I don't want teeth and eyes all over you. <laughs> and then Al's still thinking this is prostitution, and he sees Jefferson. He's like, oh, hey, Al. And he slams Jefferson down, and he almost slams Jefferson down on a billiard ball because you can see it shooting across the table as he lands on it. Um, that would have hurt like hell. Did you notice then that his hat came off and like kind of, but then later on, like in the next, like in the very next shot, his hat's back on his head. 
No. I noticed uh, that. And I don't okay. usually pay attention to stuff like that. Yeah. We try to live the moment, man. I'm not looking for goofs. Let's see if we have any, though. <laughs> that I think that's one of them they actually listed. And then um, there, and then it was stuff like the pool balls change color. Yeah, so apparently the purple ball is in the middle of the table. And then when the camera cuts back to Jefferson Al, the original ball disappears. And the orange one's now near Jefferson's hand. And all, you know, look, that stuff happens in everything. I'm certainly not concerned about it happening here. But that is a goof. I'm not trying to, like, dismiss anything we're reading online. <laughs> I'm just saying it's like, you know. Big deal. Yeah. You know. Well, supposedly, and I did see this one, or I didn't see it in the show, but supposedly when he rips the door off the hinges, you can see a spare door in the garage. Oh, really? <laughs> and I didn't even. Wow. I was just focusing on the bush you see in that angle, and I was wondering if that was there during the Sam Kennison uh, Christmas special, and it was. So I was happy to see that. Huh. But yeah, spare door. Wow, that's cool. That's a good catch. Isn't it amazing? In all the places in all the world, they couldn't even hide the spare door somewhere that you couldn't see it while Al did this. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, people. Uh, it's amazing. It's not Mr. Darcy's fault. It was my idea to hustle pool. Well, honey, why didn't you tell me that's what you were doing? Well, because you said you didn't like me hanging out in these kind of places. Well, sweetheart, you were only five then. <laughs> well, Jefferson, looks like I owe you an apology. <laughs> here, let me help you out. There now, here. All right. No harm, no foul. Friends, huh? <laughs> Oh, come on, honey. This place is a little unsavory for you. Let's say we go in a bar and we get Dad a beer and a girly magazine straight home. Well, I have another match coming. Daddy, I can't lose. Honey, it matters not. When it comes to my little girl, there's something that's more important than money. I've got $10,000 that says I can beat any girl in the house. <laughs> I think we can handle that. So Al slams a ball on Jefferson's head when Slick Stick Jackson puts up $10,000 against any girl. What's that you say, Jefferson? I should handle it? You're covered. And that's a good idea. Like, why pay Jefferson 80%? Yeah, he doesn't even realize that Jefferson's getting 80%, but he knows Jefferson, so he knows he must be getting something. So Yeah, he sees a wad full of cash in his hands, so he knows he's getting something. The only issue is if she loses, though. So Jefferson's good in the sense that he's putting up money, and who knows if he could have fronted this and stuff like that. But And I'm, I'm, I also was very shocked or whatever that Al didn't pull the money out of Jefferson's hand and start counting it. To see what they have so far. Yeah. He just like started from scratch and I'm like, oh, I'll go get $10,000. I'm Slick Stick Jackson. Who are you? Oh, my. Why, I'm Al. <laughs> What's a cool nickname for me? <laughs> I'm Al Daddy Bundy. <laughs> Where's your money, Daddy? Where are you, my wife? <laughs> 
I'll get that money if I have to dance naked in the street. Stay. Sailors are the best tippers. Hey, Blondie. An action Jackson over there. Where's Daddy? Strip search me. Let's shoot pool, fat man. Hey, Al, can I can I get you a chair or a coffin or something? Daddy, you look so pale. Well, perhaps that's because I've been running all over town selling pints of blood to nine blood banks. Now the human body only holds eight pints. Well, that's what they say. But the brain hides some. Yeah, and plus, good luck getting $10,000 for nine pints of blood. <laughs> That's not happening. How many people ran out of their house that night when this show aired and said, <laughs> you know, wow, holy crap, I, no one ever told me about this. And they go to the blood bank and they they find out they're only getting like $17 a pint. <laughs> and they're only willing to take two. A lot of places don't pay because they don't encourage people to sell their blood. <laughs> right. Uh, the only time I ever gave blood was on one of the saddest days of my life. It was the day Adam West died. Oh. Yeah. I remember hearing the news. I was on. I was. Uh, I was hooked up to the IV or whatever, and I was on my phone because there's nothing else to do. I couldn't drink or anything. That's what they told me. <laughs> <laughs> you know how I drink during every single downtime of my life. <laughs> um, yeah, that's when I heard Adam West died while I was donating blood for the first time. That was depressing. But uh, I got paid nothing, and nobody even brought it up or anything. Yeah, I mean, it's not really a thing anymore. You can get paid. I had a roommate who used to donate plasma, and it was because uh, there was a a pharmaceutical company that was using plasma uh, in testing. So they would pay for people to donate their plasma. Well, there you go, guys. Donate your plasma for money. You know, and one thing I forgot to mention er, uh, a little earlier on in the episode. Well, Slickstick Jackson shows up and he says, who are you? And then Al says, what's a cool nickname for me? And then oh, yeah. Kelly whispers, <laughs> Daddy. Like, isn't that amazing? She's so cute. And it's so funny because Kelly is still – it's weird. I was going to address this. Kelly was the iconic, cool, hot teenager of the 90s. You had her. You had the Saved by the Bell girls before or during. And later, you'll have the 90210 girls and, you know, any other youthful show that's going on. But Kelly was the most badass of all of them. So it's so funny that someone like her, you go to her for a cool name, and all she gives you is daddy. <laughs> and and none of us question it for a second because of, number one, her intelligence, sadly. Two, the sentimentality. Yeah. Three, we know her. It's just so cute. Right. It's so cute and perfect. I love that she loves her daddy. The thing I was going to address is that, is Kelly still as cool as she was in season th three, four, and five? 
I think so. Right, but she's doing things a little different lately. She's kind of, her delivery is different, her demeanor is a little different. She's still cool, but she's becoming more, like she's not out and about with her friends exactly the same way anymore. She's not out and about with guys on the same level. She's becoming more of a Bundy, and it's becoming more of a nucleus of a family. She's getting pulled into that more, and, you know, just even asking Bud to go to the movies with her is not exactly something she would have done when Yvette came to stay over. Remember Yvette? Mm -hmm. The foreign exchange student? Yeah. So it's not... She's just different. Well, I mean, she is older, you know. Right, right. Oh, yeah. So that's something to explore as we go. So Al comes back with nine holes in his arms, and he he sold nine pints of blood. Jefferson says the body only has eight, which is actually uh, a, 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 a falsity. <laughs> nice, Norman. You knew what I was doing? Of course. <laughs> wow, we are so connected. That's <laughs> because... Like, nobody on earth, they were just like, why is this idiot stuttering? <laughs> uh, the human body actually does not only have eight pints. I don't know <laughs> I don't know where Jefferson got this information, but um, the average is nine to 12. The average for a woman who's like five foot something tall is nine. So that's already above eight, which Jefferson claimed is the limit. And you can go as much as to 12. Like, I guess, like, you know, a six foot eight, 350-pound guy has 12 pints of blood in his body. Obviously, you'd imagine he has to have more. And then your body knows sort of when you're at your, what you need, and it stops pumping more. Now Al has $10,000, like we said. How do you get that much from that? Now we know why he's wearing a short sleeve shirt. And if he can do that all the time why doesn't he just do that or if he can do that why didn't he just do it all the time yeah every time he produces nine more i don't know yeah kelly's doing great al passes out well you seem to be doing a lot better al <laughs> you stopped air guitaring it's a small world uh, it must be the beer the brain doesn't need blood just got to keep the brain wet <laughs> My, I think my brain is soaked in alcohol. I say, I gotta figure that one out. No, it's well preserved. <laughs> it's like formaldehyde. I heard. Well, while watching the game, and this has been stuck in my head ever since I watched this episode, because while watching it, he suddenly starts singing the opening theme song to Flipper. Flipper, Flipper. They call him Flipper, King of the Ocean. Which I never watched one episode. Is smart. Harder than he. Wow. And you know Flipper lives in a world full of wonder. Flying there under, under the sea. Wow, it is stuck in your head. You even know the words. I used to watch that show religiously. I love that show. But yeah, it's now it's just that whole theme. I've been thinking that same thong. Thinking the same thong. <laughs> yeah, leave it that way. It's fine. We don't have to fix that. <laughs> I've been thinking that theme thong. Thinking the same thong all the, all the, all the, ever since. My goodness, what's wrong with me? <laughs> yeah. 
uh, Jamie, tell us about Kelly's pool playing skills. All of the seemingly difficult shots that Kelly made on camera actually used dead combos which made the shots next to impossible to miss. Now I'm assuming that, I mean, that's a, like a pool term. I, that means nothing to me. I know nothing about pool. Well, I mean, I can play a game of eight ball, but that's pretty much it. Like I, I know nothing about terminology or anything. I'm a dart player, not a pool player. So. So yeah, well, Kelly did good. Whatever she did on camera, she did fine. Um, it seemed convincing enough. Al comes to, and Kelly needs to make one shot to win $10,000. Al decides to give her a pep talk, which is reminiscent of what? I mentioned it earlier that it's going to come back around one last time. Oh, yeah. Oh, the, the Vegas episode. Yeah. Al, you know, Kelly's been picking the right numbers in Vegas for a while. Bud let him in on it. And then Al gets involved, says, Now, Kelly, the entire family, blah, 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 is riding on you. What is the number? And she picks the wrong number. Al has an amazing ability to give advice or pep talks that lead to disaster. Now, I will give him this. It didn't happen here, but it ultimately did lead to disaster. And plus, as soon as you hear that, you know, Al's, oh, no, it did. It actually did because him getting up to do it. Is what led to it. Mm-hmm. It was just different how they went about it, but they still, you know, same thing. What's going on? Well, you were up five grand and we could have quit, but you said, damn a unified Germany, play on. <laughs> so now, if Kelly makes this shot, you win $10,000. Well, it seemed like I do what I was knowing then, eh, white boy? <laughs> now I get it. Give my pumpkin a little pep talk. Ow. <laughs> pumpkin. How's about this, Shibbo? What, Daddy? Well, I was saying I'm proud of you, Pumpkin. You're succeeding. I tried to succeed, but failure was in my blood. <laughs> Guess they don't have to worry about that anymore. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is that the fate of not only King Charles, but the entire restoration lies on this shot. <laughs> this tape will self-destruct in five seconds. <laughs> now the second best line. Now this one where he says failure is in his blood. Yeah, Al in his goofy, I have no blood stage is hilarious to me. I mean, he's speaking nonsense. You know, I do what I was knowing. (laughs) Uh, That just cracked me up. His advice to her, the complete gobbledygook. A gobbledygook. Just, I don't know. It cracks me up. He just, he's got nothing going on. He's just so random. His head resting on two beer bottles? Yeah, everything he says is completely random. And it's very fun. Great. It's great. Kelly hits it. The game-winning shot, I mean. The ball is going right into the corner pocket. Everyone, they do this funny, like, slow-mo thing. But obviously, in the time it took them to pan across and the speed of everyone's reactions, that ball would have never took that long to travel across the table. 
like people's reactions were faster than oh, if yeah. they were going. You know what I mean? It's like all wrong, but it's it's all for comedy's sake, and it all worked. So balls going across the table. Slickstick Jackson is just devastated. Kelly's happy. Everyone's cheering. Al collapses at the at, like when the camera finally gets to Al. He his eyes roll up. He faints collapses on the pool table and his head blocks the corner pocket the ball proceeds to roll and bash him in the forehead blocking kelly's shot no other shot is taken on the table everyone's just stunned and they're all still and little by little there's like dissolves on the camera and everyone's leaving the pool hall little by little the last people to leave are slick stick jackson and he left with the cash that disappears too and then it's just kelly and al kelly never moves the whole time by the way and i gotta say kelly took this surprisingly well yes as i was saying pumpkin (laughs) it's very important that you make this shot it's very very important uh i made the shot daddy Yes! (laughs) Yes! Where's the money? Well, a goat ate it, Dad. A penguin? Head like George Washington? Yep, that's the one. I know that goat! I didn't trust him when he took my beer. I know where he lives. Come on, pumpkin. Come on. I'll hold him down. You take his wallet. What do you think of that? Kelly doesn't act the same way I think Al would have acted. Or Bud or... Anybody. Yeah. She doesn't... And she even makes up a story to spare his feelings. Right. Yeah, a goat ate it, Daddy. (laughs) A goat ate the money. Like, wow. What was the name of that... What was the name of that goat that ate the money in those lottery commercials do you do you know what i'm talking oh, about God. No. do you remember those there were lottery commercials a couple years ago where there's the whole thing was this guy's this guy had a goat and it kept eating all kept eating money and I, it had a name it had a name and it was like a big thing and i don't remember kevin goat named kevin kevin yeah, yeah. his name was kevin, kevin. goat eats the lottery, the Georgia lottery tickets, or something. Oh, that's that's why. I, oh, Georgia. Yeah, that's why it didn't, you didn't know because it's a Georgia thing. All right, well, wow. here you go. Hey, listen, I didn't know that a, a community college was called junior college. <laughs> <laughs> that's a Jersey thing. Nobody ever says junior college. So yeah, how big of Kelly to even let Al down? As well as she can. She lost $10,000, but still did that for him. No, ma'am. We'll be right back to wrap up this week's review. Be sure to join their Facebook group page for all the podcast news and updates. Be sure to subscribe to them on the Apple Podcast app, and please leave a review telling them what you think of the show. To subscribe to their YouTube channel, just go to Channels and search up Married with Children Podcast. Now they're available on the TV Time app. Go to your app store and type in TV Time. Join their Patreon and support your favorite podcast with a small monthly donation. 
you can email them at marriedwchildrenpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for checking out this review. Now Dan, Jamie, and Alex are going to give their final thoughts on this week's episode. How many pints of blood are we donating for this episode? Cheese, cues, and blood. Out of five, Jamie. Well, as here's the thing. This episode was very, very funny. It, what, there were a lot of really tight jokes, really well-written jokes, especially in the beginning. I, I think the, the I wasn't I wasn't bored at all the entire time. I wasn't I didn't. As a matter of fact, I felt like it went by really quickly, like it just was over before I realized that it had started. And so that's a, you know those are all good things. However, it also seems to just end with a lot of stuff just open-ended yeah it's like structurally flawed it's bizarre it's a really bizarre episode and i i don't know it kind of throws me off so by the i'm all in it until we get to the end and i'm like wait wait what <laughs> like it just seems now, how do you feel about the ta-da ending like do you think that it led up to a payoff or no I mean, I think it led exactly where you thought it was going to lead because of that, you know, things never really end well. They, I mean, there is no world in which I imagine that they would actually go home with the $10,000. So it kind of ended the way I expected it to. However, it just it ended very abruptly. So because of that and because it was a little bit bizarre, I'm really going to only have to be able to give four pints of blood. Okay, that's good. I still think it was a, a highly entertaining and a lot of fun. You know, mm-hmm. so it's not like it was a bad episode. It just was kind of bizarre. Well, my rating for this episode, also, Jamie, is a four out of five. It is a little open-ended. There's a couple things that just led nowhere, some randomness in the episode. But, you know, I don't get too technical with stuff. I'm pretty easygoing. I just, I'm pretty laid back. I watch the show. I see how I feel, if it's a fulfilling experience, if it was funny, if they had some killer jokes in there. And they had all that stuff. So I give this a four out of five as well. It was great. Great set. Great premise. Classic ending. <laughs> What are you going to do? You just don't, you just throw your arms up in the air. You're like, okay, yeah, I don't know what to do anymore. These guys are just true failures. Whether it's in their blood or if they have no blood, it doesn't matter. It is what it is. So, uh, four out of five. Really enjoyed Cheese Cues and Blood. So look for us next week as we review Looking for a Desk in All the Wrong Places. And I read that exactly as it's written. Looking <laughs> for F E R a desk. I don't know, so we'll see if this if there's a reason for that. Alan Jefferson's search for a maid while their pregnant wives are shopping. I have no idea what that means, but we'll find out next week.